Hi, I'm Kirk White. And I'm Christina Shear. Welcome to the What is Really Important podcast, where we believe in having engaging conversations about life-changing moments of transformation. Lifetime entrepreneur, author, and philanthropist to succeed will inspire you to live an intentional life and turn your big dreams into goals. Co-hosted by social media evangelist, Brand Smith and speaker, Christina Shear inspires and equips believers to share their faith on the internet. Well, Kirk, here we go again. That's right. That's right. So how was uh, how was your week so far? Oh, my gosh. This has been a big week for me. It yeah. has been a week of transition, a week of transformation, a week of ending a chapter and starting a new one. And gosh, it's it's surreal. You know, you, you wouldn't think that our um, city here in Nashville is in the midst of a pandemic or a crisis the way it's reopening right now and people are out and about and back at malls. It's, it's eerie. And yet it's also kind of exciting because it's sunny here and people want to be out. Uh, But we're also trying to navigate, you know, what is a world crisis? So how has your week been? Very good. Very good. I got um, a lot accomplished. Um, Did a lot of zoom calls. um, Hey, there you go. And um, started two Bible studies this week. So I started a men's group um, from uh, Saddleback Church in California yes, on Friday mornings. So guys uh, from all over the world, they're doing it. Uh, Sweden, Philippines, uh, Switzerland, uh, UK, Canada, United States, um, pretty much, you know, Taiwan, all over the world. So wow. it's, um, it's a great, uh, great group. And then another one in Boston. They've been doing it. Actually, it's a little church. Um, south of Boston, they've been actually doing Zoom um, studies with people from all over the world for over four years now. Oh, wow. So they were really ahead of the curve, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great study. The pastor does a great job. So I'm, I'm actually thrilled um, to belong to those groups. Plus, I belong to some other groups. But these ones are groups that will be ongoing all the time. And I encourage anybody... Um, you know, if they, um, you know, they can't make it out to a Bible study or can't get, you know, connected with a good, solid group of people, that there are other ones online that will continue after this pandemic. And um, it's really great because it doesn't matter what the weather is. If you're running late, five minutes, you can just <laughs> hop on. And that's that's right. the great thing. And, uh, you know, so I, I love it. It's been uh, it's been a great week. Like I said, got uh, lots accomplished and. Um, and it, it's fun. Same here. Um, as you know, I'm up in Canada for the summer, um, hopefully only until maybe end of September. But um, okay. everything has opened up. We've had, we've had no deaths where we are, um, oh, only 120 cases. So everything is getting sort of back to normal. And um, weather's great today. And same, same sort of thing. It's kind of like, you know, there are a lot of people suffering. But we went out shopping yesterday, and it was very, very busy. So okay. it's it's kind of um, very odd, you know. Really, when you when you kind of think about it, so absolutely. I mean, yeah. my first real experience being out and about, other than to the grocery store, was yesterday. And you know, I had to wear a mask to walk into you know a mall environment, and then having 
so many people wear masks mm-hmm. and all the employees have to wear them. But there you would see these groups of especially those that were the younger generation, like our, our mm-hmm. Gen Z's that, you know, were in groups of four and five. You can tell that they're maybe like boyfriend, girlfriend, not necessarily siblings. Right. So they were mm-hmm. in quarantine together and they're not wearing them at all. So, yeah. you know, but I also saw like a mom put masks on her kiddos. She had three kids with her and oh, one wow. was like maybe four or five. And it was like one of those moments for me where I turned and I, I looked at this little kid going to a very, very nice affluent mall. It's very safe, very clean, you know, and, and yet the mom had to take the effort to kind of, you know, protect her child. And yeah. I can only imagine what, you know, that experience is going to be like and how it's going to mark them forever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, um, you know, as you know, I just have one daughter and where we are, we're allowed to bubble with another family. So we can have, we have one family that we can go to their place and they can come to our place and we can do stuff with. So it's, we're blessed that she has a friend to play with, but you know, I just, things that we took for granted now it's not like if they can't go out, uh, we're actually going to meet some at the park tomorrow, but again, they have, we have to stay, you know, six feet apart. Um, so, you know, she can only play with one of her friends and she's one of the lucky ones because a lot of kids can't play with, you know, one friend right now. And, um, yeah, so I just, I just hope, um, that, you know, moving forward to open up, we're not doing it too soon. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a balance there of like, you know, trying to save lives and actually trying to, you know, affect people's livelihoods too. I mean, things have to get back, you know, together because we have people that emotionally, mentally, um, they're struggling and a lot of people are struggling financially. And, um, so it's a, it's a tough call. We have to pray for our leaders, you know, um, I I don't, I don't think, um, I wouldn't want to be leading a country right now, you know, or Mm -hmm. a state or a province or anything like that. Um, I just, I see when I see them on TV, I see the worry in their face and just every night we, we pray for them because to give them wisdom and, um, you know, to make the right decision because it, it's a hard decision. I mean, you have to, um, either lives or jobs or, you know, like you want to sort of do both. So let's hope, I know that some States, uh, you know, Texas, uh, the cases went up 20 to 30% since opening up. And, um, you know, I hope that that doesn't trend up higher, but, um, I, I just want things to go back as normal as possible. And, um, you know, to keep also people safe because I had some, you know, family member in Detroit as, as in Michigan, as you're well aware, that's where you're heading. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a nurse in Jackson and okay. he was 23 and, you know, he caught it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then one of his good friends was on his floor, um, one of the basketball coaches and anyways, he died of it. So it, it is real. Gosh. Um, there are people dying. People are catching right. it. And, you know, like I said, my nephew is 20, 23, 24 years old, just newly married. He's healthy now. He's back to work. But he did catch it. So a lot of these young people thinking, oh, wow, we're immune. Uh, no, you're not, you know. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll say as someone that, you know, is immune compromised, going back mm-hmm. to Michigan to to live with my family and by family, I mean, mom and dad and my puppy and <laughs> being able <laughs> to go in, but also, you know, 
because we haven't, like you said, like been in a bubble together, like we've been apart and I haven't quarantined with anyone else. I've really had very, very little contact with any humans since March 13th, which is really hard. Um, But also wanting to come home and do it in the most respectful, safe way. Right. Like at this point, my parents aren't like quarantining me to the basement, but my dad has joked half a dozen times. Don't be surprised if you come home, we set you up a tent in the front yard for 14 days. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wait a second now. But that's something that, that I've had to, to really think about, you know, I Mm -hmm. could be putting them at risk. They could be putting me at risk. You know, could my dog have it? You know, that hypothetical COVID and pets thing that, you know, we just don't know. And so I've actually had the thought of whether or not to go get tested before I come home, just so I have a bit of peace of mind and and facts. It's also free testing here in our area, which is really great. And I think there it's like a three day turnaround time to know what your test is. Whereas I told that to my mom and she was like, you know, it's like 15 minutes up here in Michigan, right? I'm like, wait, 15 minutes? You'll know? Oh, wow. So my parents were almost like, we would almost rather you wait till you get to Michigan because it's possible in your, because I am driving. Um, I, yeah. There's no way I would fly right now. But that, you know, no. I could go to stop to pump gas or get food or something like that and get exposure. And I could be super safe all this time. And then, you know, have to do something simple, like get gas and could get exposed. So it's just one of those very interesting realities that none of us know how to navigate. We just don't know. Yeah. And and we know someone, um, you know, someone who went to our church when we lived in another part of the country and they actually were traveling. They stopped in Virginia and they and they got it. And he was. uh, he was 42, 42, 43, something around there. Wow. And he got it and just from stopping to pick, you know, to pick up gas. So, yeah, you have to be very, very careful. So do I and need to get like of, a full hazmat suit to move home? Like, wow. Well, you know, could you imagine would, me I driving would, in the car with like a full hazmat suit with the, <laughs> with the windows up and then like get out to pump gas? They'd be like, she's crazy. Uh, but am I really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I I think you'll be fine. Just have hand sanitizer, you know, wash your hands, you know, pump, pump gas, go inside, wash your hands right away. Don't go back to your car until you're, you know, don't touch your keys or anything like get out of your car, you know, open up your gas thing, you know, lock the car and then then pump gas, (laughs) then go in, wash your hands and then use your arm to push the door open or whatever you right. know, and get back into your car. But I would not stop. Um, when we drove up here, you know, we had 24 hour trip mm-hmm. and um, we never stopped to eat. Yeah. So that's a good idea. I didn't want the, uh, yeah, I didn't want the girls to stop. So they just used the restroom, wash their hands, went right out and we were fine. You know, um, God was good. We were had traveling mercies and we, uh, you know, we didn't get it. So, but I, I think you'll be fine, but it'll be good to get back uh, home oh, man. with your parents yes. and, be, and be safe there. But speaking of all this, so basically, you know, we're in, we've never had a crisis like this. And I know the last time we talked, you know, we were going to say uh, we were going to talk about, you know, um, you know, crisis. Um, you know, how, how do we uh, navigate, you know, crisis and like what's the biblical um, sort of the biblical way to navigate crisis? 
because a, a lot of people during this, um, I've talked to people and some people really have no hope. Mm. And, um, you know, they might have uh, lost a loved one, lost a job, um, or just can't, um, you know, get to see their loved ones. And a lot of people, I know this is bad, um, but I think with everything, you know, something, you know, good comes out of this. But I'm just wondering, like, do you know anybody who's um, sort of really suffering through this crisis and, and how, if they are, how they're handling it? That's a great question. I, I have to say I'm very thankful that none of my immediate dear friends or family have gotten it. So I think that's just one of yeah. those, like, I'm so grateful and thankful for that. But I also understand that that may not be the reality six months or even six hours from now, you know, you could get that phone call. Yeah. So th- that is a bit of a, yeah. a paralyzing kind of reality. It's a good one, but also challenging. And then mm-hmm. I would say I've seen people lose jobs and especially knowing so many people that work in the retail industry, I have watched yes. so many people get furloughed and let go, or they're kind of stuck in a holding pattern of their furloughed, but they can apply for unemployment, but it's been six weeks and they've still not gotten a check. And, you know, oh, wow. how do we pay rent? How do we do this? How do we do that? And it's hard. I mean, even watching my friends in South Africa have to go through things. And I've got a good friend that it's, it's wintertime in South Africa. And so it's getting cold again. Okay. And, you know, yeah. when quarantine started for them, the lockdown, it was still warm enough. And they now need winter clothes, right? They don't have air conditioning and, and heat in their, in their homes. So you got to dress for the weather, right? Mm-hmm. With many layers. And she literally said to me, like, pray today that I'll be able to get to where my belongings are without getting stopped by the police or the government to see if I have papers for permission to travel. Because they have, they have oh, roadblocks wow. up. And she just needs, like, a sweatshirt, and that yeah. is just so yeah, hard it, to know that that's the reality. I mean, so many people there, I mean, they were barely surviving to begin with, right? Because you're dealing with levels of poverty yeah. and they're having to feed people. But then at the same time, those that would just, you know, normally be genuinely caring and like set up a food kitchen type dynamic, you could get arrested or beat up by the police there trying to help. Yeah, I, I, I just read yesterday and we support a mission called it's World Embrace in Uganda. And the same thing, they're talking about women who are um, at home with an abuser mm-hmm. and they're not allowed to leave the house. If they get if they leave the house, they're arrested for whatever reason. Yep. And it, it's a real crisis. And and our contact there at the uh, World Embrace um, was saying that. Um, you know, the people are living day to day, so they, they work and you'd be you'd be more aware of it um, than myself because you've been there. But they work during the day and then they get paid and then they can buy food to eat for that night and the yeah. next day. And these people aren't allowed to leave. So they have no nope. food. And um, even even in the Philippines, I have family in the Philippines and they're they're blessed. They're working and they're, um, you know, little better off than a lot of people, but they had a lockdown still and they're not allowed to leave. And it was in the paper that their, uh, their president said, if you leave your house, we'll shoot you. 
And um, they actually have the government comes around with rations um, with rice and different things, depending on how many people are in the house. But a lot of people have no they have no money um, to eat because these people when I was in the Philippines, I spent a lot of time in the Philippines, a couple months and um, several times. And people buy little tiny things of um, shampoo, you know, they're called sachets, mm-hmm. you know, like you would get in a, in a magazine. Um, those little samples, that's what they buy because they don't have enough money to buy a bottle of shampoo or, uh, you know, things like that. So these people have no money. So if they're not working every day, you know, they're, they're barely yeah. eating. And the government's just bringing them around rice and things like that. So in this crisis, um, man, it, and it's funny because a lot of these people um, are still happy. <laughs> that's what gets me. Absolutely. You know? I mean, that's um, the resilience that these third world country, the people in the climate of a third world country have. And, you know, I think that's really our heart of this entire podcast is to look at what is really important. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how you could be starving, yeah. you could be sleeping on on dirt, and yet you have perspective of what's important. Like you're, you're with your family, you have your health to a certain degree. And and here we are in mm-hmm. in a you know in a full apartment with a roof over our head with air conditioning with vehicles with so many you know the ability to even talk to people via Zoom and join you know you're joining like a global Bible study talk about a different perspective compared yeah. to this organization that that you support in Uganda and what they're having to deal with Whew. exactly and. Um... When I when I think about it, and sometimes with my clients, I say to them, you know, sometimes they might get into sort of a whiny mood. And I say to them, did you flush your toilet mm. today? And they said, yes. I said, well, you're one of the 10%, you know, in, in the world. I mean, a lot of people can't don't even have a toilet to wow. flush. And if they can use the toilet, they're not flushing it. They're pouring yep. a bucket down. And so I said, did you have a meal today? Yes. Well, then you're better off than most people, you know, and, and go. And then then they say, yeah, I get what you're saying, you know, or or if we complain about, you know, oh, we had to get our car fixed. Um, and I'm saying, well, you know what? It, there's a lot of people that don't have a car. And then they're saying, yes. And then so I say first world problem. hundred percent. Yeah. And when when you put it in that perspective, then you kind of realize, yeah, like a lot of people don't have a car. You know, a lot of people don't have a toilet or a lot of people don't have a, a house that they have to paint or, or whatever it is. We, we are so blessed. And I think in a crisis like this, we really have to think about how blessed we are in, in you know, in the modern world, in the industrialized countries, whether it be United States, Canada, Britain, anywhere in the world that, that's, you know, modern Australia. Um, you know, all through Europe compared to some of these countries, like, you know, you've been to Africa, you've seen the poverty there. Yeah. You've seen that the everyday struggles that you or I wouldn't have to go through. No. And you know, I, I much like you have tried to seek what is like the good thing in the season. Like what are the things that we can really have perspective of that we have? So when there's those 
small inconveniences like we have to stand in line for 20 minutes to check out of the grocery store that we have perspective. Like at least we have money and we have a car and we can get the food. And there's a scripture I pulled up. I pulled up a couple scriptures for today that I thought we could maybe like break down, maybe not break down from a like scriptural perspective, but I did want to get your opinion on because yeah. I think this is really good. So James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And for me, like that's been something I keep coming back to in this is I keep asking the Lord to show me what is the good gift in this process. And like, just to make this very practical, one of the things I'm dealing with right now is I'm moving, right? So I'm packing up my life. I'm being for the (laughs) gosh, it feels like the third major time in my life. I remember moving to Nashville and going to college down here, I remember moving to Africa, and then here I am moving back to Michigan. It feels like a very full circle Jonah kind of moment, to say the least. And, yeah. and I'm <laughs> going through my things, and I've totally watched like the Marie Kondo teachings about like, does something spark joy, right? And so I'm going through my stuff and I'm asking, does this have a purpose in my life? Is it important to me? And so what I've found is I'm like, I've got like a, a whole pile of stuff that. I'm like, I'm over it. I don't want it. And so every person I've been talking to, I've been saying, is there anything you need? What do you need? And it's so, you want to talk about a difference in cultural dynamics here. There's so many people that are like, well, I don't need anything, right? Like they're that blessed. They don't have a response to that. But like I had a friend um, come by to help me with some stuff yesterday. And literally we filled up the whole back of the car with belongings. Like that I was like, yep, don't need that anymore. Don't need that anymore. Take my blender, work on your healthy diet. Like here's some extra pillows for when your friends come and visit from out of town next time. Cause I know you need those. Here's an extra set of blankets. Like those kinds of things that, you know, could I pay to put them in storage? Absolutely. Will I still probably put a couple things in storage? Probably. But the reality is it's forcing me to let go and pare down everything in my life to identify what is a good gift to carry into the new season. What are the things to kind of let go of like the old things. And I love that, like I'm getting to be a blessing to other people in this process and bless them. It's been a a fun little adventure selling things online. And every time someone has said, Hey, can you afford, you know, 40 bucks instead of 65? I've not said no to a single person. I'm like, if this is who needs to have it, they're going to have it. I'm working with them on it because I'm not worried about money. I'm not worried about provision. God has radically provided me with everything I've needed over the years. So I'm like, if this is for you, take it. And and I've asked the Lord with a couple of these pickups, if you will, I have um, given them something Mm -hmm. extra. Like I'll ask the Lord, like, what else could they need? You know, you can kind of look on Facebook and see who they are and what they're talking about. And like one lady I saw was a, you know, is a a believer and I happened to have a devotional and a really great book from Lisa Bevere. And so she bought a side table from me and I gave her those two extra books and she looks at me and she goes, oh my gosh, I've been wanting a devotional, but couldn't afford one. And I'm going to do this with my daughter instead of crafts in the morning. I mean, wow. And then like another lady is you know, a mom, a single mom staying at home. She wanted to buy a a table. And 
I happen, it's so random, but I happen to have one tip, you know, Tiffany's the, the jewelry brand. I have the, like a blue box, okay, yeah. Tiffany box with a sample fragrance in it. And it was mine from an event. And I blessed it forward to her. Cause I was like, this mama is trapped with two kids under four. Uh, that's cool. And, and so I was oh. like, her brother and her dad came to pick up the table and she's like holding down the fort with the kids. And I just said to the, to the brother and I was like, Hey, give this to her. The, the mama needs a little moment. You know, she needs to feel special. And I can yeah. only imagine what her face was yeah. like when she was like, is that really a Tiffany blue box? You know, like just those yeah. kinds of moments. <laughs> I love being used like that. And so that's, you know, I, I'm, sitting here waiting to see God reveal to our world, the good gift that is in this crisis. Yeah. I don't believe he created it. I believe it's being allowed, um, but there are some gifts in it. And mm -hmm. like, can we see what those are? Yeah. 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 There is. I'll tell you a funny story that this week when you're talking about provision. Um, so our, in our town up here in Canada, there's a place, uh, there's a Bible camp. And anyway, so this week, it was my, my daughter's birthday on May the 1st. Anyways, we ordered something online, uh, foosball, and it came. It was, it was late, and they apologized, and they said, well, we'll send you another one because that one was lost in transit. So they sent us another foosball. We set it up, and it was great. It's a Star Wars oh God, one. So she fun. just loves it. And anyway, so... So we got that, but then a couple of days later, the other one that was supposedly lost. Um, oh my gosh, up. you had double. So I <laughs> called the company and they said, exactly. So I called the company and said, well, we already got reimbursed from the shipper. If you send it back, it costs us to send it back, blah, blah, blah. So Are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> and that's happened from, no, that's happened before. Okay. So anyway, so I, I kept it and, um, but you know, we, we didn't need it. And that night, I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday night or Thursday night. Anyways, one other time. Anyways, we, uh, I'm looking at my wife's Facebook. And our local Bible camp here, um, they had a post in there looking for air hockey games, foosball games, oh different gosh. games, you know, because they have to modify their schedule because they can't have overnight camping. Okay. So it's going to be day camps instead. And um, anyways, I just took the phone and then showed it to my wife and she just laughed. You know, it's like we have one that was just delivered. It's still in the box, you know. So I called the manager up from the uh, camp and he came, you know, comes over and, you know, I said, come and get it. You know, you can have it. And like I said, this is crazy. I mean, the, the way it happened, you know, it's just it's so funny. It's Love just it. such a God thing. But it was funny because he was telling me the same thing. He was reading in the Bible. Forget exactly the verse where it says um, something about, you know, mm -hmm. your slaves or something like that, you know, uh, release them after six years or something like that, or if they were okay. working for you, release them or something. I I forget exactly the verse. But anyways, last last year his cook quit um, on him after working oh, wow. with him for six years. And he didn't know what he was going to do. And as it turns out with this crisis, um, he, he just didn't worry about it. He just trusted in God. Turns out with this crisis, they can't have the overnight camp. They don't need a cook this year. Oh, wow. So it was just funny, you know, how he was, he was telling me that story. And he just says it's funny because God knew everything. 
you know, he he didn't he didn't just like go, oops, I forgot about the pandemic in 2020. What am I going to do? <laughs> like he, he just puts every single mm-hmm. thing in place That's, for us. It's so good. You know? And um, it, yeah, it was, it was just so cool. And just the thing about the foosball, like it was just like such a God thing. Like I couldn't believe it. Like what are the odds? Like it was delivered the day before. And then that night I'm looking and it says they need foosball games. You know, well, it's like, I love when God does that. So, he uses us as a vessel to sow into others. And, and you know, I think about your book, Kirk, and, yeah. and the fact that, you know, you really understand the responsibility and the reality of being able to have finances and be successful and sow into others. And so it makes perfect sense that God would use you to be blessed with two foosball tables and then bless it forward to his ministry. Like, how amazing is that? And who knows what yeah. faith-building conversations and fellowship will happen around that foosball table? Who knows? I love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, very, it's very cool. So there's, there's a lot of good things. Another thing I think I told you about, too, with the crisis um, was a local church that I know is doing um, – you know, it's called healthy minds because a lot of people are suffering mentally, um, you know, in this situation. And now they're getting people that are tuning in because they're doing it on Zoom that wouldn't necessarily have gone to a church before or, um, you know, afraid to go to a church or they couldn't make it there because they're too far away. Now they're getting people from all over, you know, North America that are tuning in, that are listening to and getting good news, you know, from, you know, doctors that are telling how to you know telling people how to cope in this and you know just sharing their story with with other people just having support from other people so that that's a really cool thing too that um so there there is some good things like like you said before um god didn't make it happen but he allowed it to to happen and he will he will turn um you know uh he will turn this into good. You know, he turns a lot of stuff into good. Like I was just saying, I was just actually reading something the other day and they were saying that, you know, turn your testimony. Sorry, sorry. Turn your oh, test that is into a so testimony. true. I've, it's, you know, it's interesting. You even say that Kirk, because yeah. in the last 48 hours, I've had three people say that to me. So now you make it number four. And I'm like, I'm like, Lord, where's the test oh, really? coming from? Because clearly there's about to be a testimony because you keep reminding me of that. Or maybe, you know, maybe I should be more positive in this and think about how this season I've been in has been really felt like a wilderness desert season for me. And now I'm moving into my promised land like, hey, yeah. I've come through the test, you know, and I've I've had just some of those kind of ahas like I know that on paper, what I'm doing right now doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Much like it didn't make any sense when I moved to Africa to a lot of people. But that's where, you know, like um, Ecclesiastes, this is like such a favorite scripture of mine, talks about for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And so we have to be sensitive as believers, as businessmen and women, as even our just family like being sensitive to what is the season our business is in? What is the season that our family is in? What is the season that we are in? And and look at, of course, the world is in a certain season, but what is the reason why? And intentionally seek God. I, I know <laughs> for a fact that this 
has forced me out of my sweet little lovely nest in Nashville and is sending me back home to my family. Do I know the exact reason why yet? No. Do I know he'll reveal it? He always does. But that's part of the process of this is I feel like everyone right now is having to learn about faith and trust and and like we all can't really see mm-hmm. further than our hand in front of our face, right? It's just cloudy, it's foggy. We don't know what's next, but we've got to take it a day at a time and and figure out a way to rest in God without knowing really our future. And many people have thought they understood their future. They had a plan, right? Like we gotta we gotta rip up that 2020 because oh, yeah. he just threw it out the window. We're starting over. <laughs> Exactly. I was just going to say that. So I I have in my book here, my journal of, you know, my 2020, you know, plan, everything that I was going to do and, you know, what I was going to accomplish. And actually some of the, quite a few of the things that I was going to accomplish are actually checked off because I had so much time to do them. (laughs) But, but as far as like the trips I had, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine trips planned. Nope, not going to happen. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of things that, uh, yeah, like you said, we think we're going to happen. And that's that's something scary for me. And that's why I had to have, you know, put my trust in God. That's why I really, really got closer to God through this time. And really, I rely on him every day because I don't know what's going ahead. And as far as like, I just can't plan anything. And I'm a planner. I, I say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, and I like to do things spontaneous too. But as far as the trips go or where we're going to go, and I don't know, um, where will I go in the fall? Um, will we stay here? Will we go to Florida? Will we go to Asia? I don't know yet. And my wife asked me, I said, sweetheart, I, I really don't know. Because it's like, Lord willing, it's got to be his plan wherever we're going. Before we just say, right. yeah, we're going to go here. We're going to go there. No, we, we can't do that now. We, we don't know if there's going to be a second wave, third wave, whatever. Um, is there going to be an airplane to fly there or are the borders going to be open? No. We don't know anything. And really, God only doesn't promise us tomorrow, just today. So I'm not going to really worry about it, um, you know, that much. Um, just going to trust in God. And th- that's really through this whole thing. I think I mentioned it once before when we spoke is really the only thing yes, that we can okay. count on is God. And the only thing really we have, you know, is God. There's, we don't really have anything else because when, when you look at, and I said this before companies that I would never think that would go out of business or have difficulties or shut down or this even happening in our lifetime, just, I can't, can't imagine it has happened to those companies, those people, institutions closing down, you know, like just literally no airplanes. One thing that's kind of eerie where we are is like we're close to airports. And yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, I actually heard an airplane. It's like, that's the first time I heard an airplane in a long time. And there's just no airplanes. And um, a lot of our airports around here have actually closed down because there's just like no, no traffic. They sort of consolidated to one airport. So it's very you know, very surreal. And, um, but we have to, in the, in a crisis like this, some of the things that, you know, I suggest to people is 
you know, because they're saying, well, the, the news says this, the news says that. And I said, well, you know what? Someone told me once, if you want a good mm-hmm. laugh, buy a newspaper and then don't don't read it. Just put it in your desk or put it in a drawer for maybe two or three months and then pull it out and then read it. And then all <laughs> the predictions are probably wrong. OK, you know, and, and this didn't happen or maybe it did or what they said was going to happen, you know, didn't. So one of the things I tell mm, people is yeah. stop watching the news, you know, because a lot of times it's just someone's opinion. And if they say that the economy is going to collapse um, and it doesn't, they're only half, you know, they're they're only yeah. half wrong, you know. Um, so really the predictions are, and no one goes back there and says, Hey, you predicted it was going to, cl-, you know, so it just gets people, it gets you down and, and it's just someone's opinion and, and you shouldn't listen because God created the whole universe. He could do anything. He could just like snap his fingers, <laughs> not even have to snap his fingers, just right. like bang, and the economy would be better, you know? And, and, and so nobody it has a crystal ball. And if they do, well, yeah, we know well, what scripture says they about have that. Issues, so. You know, um, but uh, exactly, exactly. So, you know, they don't, um, nobody knows what's going to happen except God, you know, so we have to um, stop watching, you know, the news and people have to start trusting mm-hmm. in God, go back to the Bible. And, you know, I, I was listening to a sermon last week and they're saying, basically they're saying, you know, first thing you should do, read your Bible. Yeah. Last thing you should do, read your Bible, you know, at the end of the day. And and then talk to God all day, you know, during the day. Okay, so don't just read your Bible, put it away and say, because, you know, it, could you imagine if, um, you know, you're there with your parents, so you're moving back with your parents, and you just, in, in the morning, you talk to your mom and your dad for 15 <laughs> minutes each, and then didn't right. talk to them yeah. all day long. <laughs> okay? Super weird. It's, it's kind of weird, yeah. right? It's not really a relationship. Yeah. So right. you want to talk to them throughout the day also, right? So it's the same with God. You don't, you don't want to just like, okay, I'm going to do 15 minutes with God and then not going to talk to him. So God wants us to have a relationship with him all day long. And I never really thought about that. And then now like I'm just like, whatever it is, like my wife was reading something, someone that we knew, a pastor in, in Orlando where we live, mm-hmm. um, you know, fell off his bike and got hurt. And immediately when I found that out um, and he broke ribs and things like that, and immediately I just started to pray, you know, before I'd say, okay, I should put that down on my prayer list, you know, or, you know, or you have to take off your hat or something to pray. Like, no, you can pray with someone in Starbucks, pray with someone on the side of the road. Um, You could do it anytime and we can talk to God all day long. And that's what I'm doing more. When I think it's of something so, and I just say, so no, good, God's Kirk. got that. God's got that. And, yeah. And it's just, it's so much better um, to have a relationship with them than just to, um, you know, have a little prayer time in the morning or, or at night, whatever. And then that's it. And before I was kind of like that. And I've changed the way that I do things. I want to talk to God and have a relationship with him all day long. And I think that would help people, um, you know, through this, through this situation, because something they see something or they're just got, you know, some, some thought. The other thing too, is like, 
You're probably a lot better at it. Oh than, no, I'm horrible me, but at memorizing it. I just know scripture. where to look things up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Oh really? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So so I I'm really I'm really bad at it. But some someone says this. Somebody said this, and it was famous uh, pastor. I won't say the name, but it was really good. He says basically you have um, you have two computers. Okay, so if you had a desk, you had two computers. One with bad memories. One with you know good memories. And you always want to pull, you know, you can sort of, you know, keep the one with bad memories turned off and only just pull good memories. Okay. But the same thing is, it's like when the devil's into our mind, you can either listen to the devil or memorize scripture, the truth and pull from the scripture and like rebuke the devil. Okay. So like if you're remembering, so if God says something about, um, oh, what am I going to do? Everything's like. They're laying off everybody. And then you can pull the scripture where it says, you know, even, you know, you worry about mm-hmm. your future or, you know, you worry about your provision. Yep, absolutely. When I, I care about the birds, you know, and, and you're not as important as the birds. So you want to yeah. you want to have the truth readily available. And I encourage people and, and I tell people that have like, you know, maybe depression tendencies or things like that. I tell them to memorize scripture. And I read it in a book. It's called with Carolyn Leaf. And it's called switch on your brain. And I encourage anyone who has any, you know, issues or um, with post-traumatic stress or whatever. She says that finally Mm. science is catching up to God. Okay. So like we have, God gave us a gift called neuroplasticity, which actually we can reprogram Mm -hmm. our mind no matter what age you are. Okay. Based on scripture. So you can actually cut off the, in a sense, like unplug the cable to that bad memory. Okay. So that's in the bad memory computer. You can actually unplug it. And with scripture, you can start drawing on the scripture. So only the only thing that you have there to go on is like, okay, I'm going to pull the scripture. I'm going to pull the truth. So I'm going to think about the truth, not what the devil's telling me in this situation. And even myself, I find that. And then I, I'll Google something. Cause like I said, like, I'm not like you, I can't, you know, I don't remember it. Maybe I'm <laughs> lazy. Just, it's That's a something practice. I have to work on. Yeah. It's but, a discipline. Um, it's really dur- what it dur- is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then just say no. And I'm getting a little better because I know, okay, I know where that verse is at least now. And then I read that mm, verse. I said, no, that's, that's a lie from the devil. You know, that, that's a lie. This is the truth. That's a lie. And I think if we start believing the truth, like, and, and a lot of times too, is when I say about the news, a lot of it's just opinion. It's not actually news facts. It's someone's opinion. And, and, and when you look at it, there was one thing I was reading about, something about the economy just recently in the United States or something. And it, it said about the author, he was a forest um, ranger before. Well, does he know all this about the economy when he's like a forest ranger before? Maybe he does, but it was just his opinion. Let's get the facts, you know, instead of just, you know, hearsay and um, but really focus on the facts. And I think it'll get us through, you know, the crisis better, you know, in any part, not not even this crisis, not just this crisis, but any crisis. So we good. have and to rely when I on think the about truth. crisis. The, the reality is a crisis you know, is nothing more than a set of circumstances, right, that we're allowing to in some ways cloud our mind, cloud yeah. our perspective, cloud our reality. It is fact that is happening, 
but like it, it can cause confusion, which we know yes. that God is not the author of confusion. So like if you're going through mm-hmm. this and you've never heard Jeremiah 29, 11, and I Googled this, so don't think I memorized this. Um, <laughs> For I know the plans okay. I have for you, the Lord, <laughs> plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope, a future and a hope. And when I read that and I think about yeah. what's going on right now, if you only look at the crisis and you only look at the circumstances, the truth of his word in that feels miles apart. It's very difficult to navigate that truth of the word of God. Yeah in the middle of a tragedy where hundreds of thousands of people are dying. And, and I think for me as a believer, I have to have perspective that we have eternal life in Christ. This is, but like a blink of an eye of a moment. And if we only look at our earthly existence Mm -hmm. right now, this is a crisis, but it's really a crisis of faith. Who do you believe? What do you believe? You know, if you never get it in, in your deep in your spirit that God actually has a future and a hope for you, despite of what it looks like he has plans for you. Like you're, you're going to navigate this in such a different way. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm at. I mean, I had a conversation with a friend that has watched me go through a lot of challenges the past two and a half years. And she said to me today, I hear the joy and the peace back in your voice. And I mean, that's just, yeah. that's a testament to, I'm in a more unclear next step than I've been in a long time, probably since I moved to Africa, <laughs> but it's in the unknown for me that I know yeah. that I'm in the, in the palm of the hand of my father and he's going to figure it out. Is there going to be a test? Yes. There's always a test. You can't just think we're going to like get to where we need to go with no testimony. Like God's going to give us that so I can put it in my back pocket and share it on this podcast and share it with a stranger at the grocery store and from a pulpit, you know, there's so many things that he does for us in these times. If we would just, like you were talking about, like have that relationship, have that continual communication and communion with God. And that's how you get to show up big times and be a vessel, you know, like, (laughs) Like to really break it down, Kirk, I think about the fact that you and your family chose where to be at during the crisis, right? So you chose to be in your place in Canada, okay? And you have your reasons and decisions for that. You made that choice. But think about how that prompt then connects to you getting two foosball tables and being able to bless a local ministry. Like, I love looking at how God moves the mm-hmm. chess pieces. I'm like, man, you're just so smart, God. Like, really, I don't give you enough credit for how genius you are all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of times now what I do, the, the more I read God's word, the more I think, like, how powerful he is. And I'm thinking, come on, do you think, like, we kind of, mm-hmm. like, ask. Yeah, we do. Like, we, we ask too little. It, because because he, he created the whole world, like the mm-hmm. whole world, like the universe, like everything. Okay, so can he solve this little problem, or do we think that um, you know what we're going through, he didn't know about, or and it's always the good after when, when you hear someone's testimony, and then you hear the impact that it um, you know that it made at the end. Okay, like you know what. Uh, 
maybe a death in the family or something. And countless, countless testimonies that I've heard that, that have encouraged me um, that someone's life totally went different and the impact that they made on other people's lives by their, you know, their test and what, what happened to them. And it's just, it's amazing. And, you know, if you, did you see the movie? Um, I don't think I, I have still seen it. I need to go watch Jeremy that. Camp story. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you have to go watch that because, um, you know, I, I won't give it away, but anyways, you have to go watch that, but that's, that's a great testimony. And his, what he went through and what his, you know, first wife went mm-hmm. through um, changed other people's lives. And, um, and then now it's still impacting other people's lives because in, in, in the story about it, you know, the, the movie. So um, yeah, very, very good. Whatever it is, God can turn it around. And like you said, he's a master chess player. He can put everything together. He can put the pieces and people, um, you know, like I, I don't think things are coincidence when I meet somebody and then, you know, they're with a ministry or they can help me out. And, you know, I'm looking for something to help someone else. Those are coincidences. OK, like it, it would be neat to see um, in heaven, you know, OK, right. God, can I have a replay from your view? <laughs> you know what happened? You know what I mean? So you're kind of looking down and you say, oh, I see. Okay, I see what you did. Oh, that was smart. Oh, that was pretty cool. You know? And just sort of, yeah, like looking at it like a drone view and say, oh, okay. So he's going to come around and, you know, it was like that chance meeting (laughs) was not a chance, you know? And, um, yeah, yeah, things like that. So I, like, uh, I I just think it's um, cool how he makes so much yeah. good out of, you know, anything that's, that's bad, you know, and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want sure. to minimalize, you know, people suffering mentally, uh, people losing their loved ones, people dying um, and people losing, you know, their jobs financially, but it's going to like, they, they said, actually one, one thing they said is COVID going to make people more generous tippers, you know, and and it's and it's neat to see how a lot of people have gotten together. Kids who have their birthday that no one can come, and neighbors and people that they don't even know are coming by, yeah. you know, in the car, you know, and honking and doing stuff for people. And the the, the generosity, people feeding people, um, you know, the generosity to the food banks and and things like that, and people helping out with the food banks and getting groceries for the neighbor, and even. When, when we came back here, because we were international, we had a quarantine for two weeks, and we had our pastor, who's a neighbor, give us groceries. Someone on two doors down gave us groceries, you know, came and brought us our groceries. A friend brought me my, like, two other friends brought us our groceries in that time period. And then um, just so much, you know, love from people and, and people that we didn't really even know that well. Oh, and um that offered to help us, you know? So I think it's brought a lot of good out of people and um, God's still working and, you know, he's in control. He's not, he knows what he's doing. And um, I, I think that, you know, in the weeks, months, years to come, we'll see that the good, that this that's will so bring good. out of, you know, so good. This crisis, I, I think that's, you know, 
at the end of the and, day, um, that's what this yeah. is really all about, right? We want people to be able to look at what's happening in the world, look at yeah. the crisis, look at our own lives and ask themselves what is really important and make those decisions and invite God into that process. Invite your spouse, your family members, your friends into that process, your neighbors. What a concept. We actually get to know our neighbors now. Go figure, you know, and, and I, I really think God has put us on yeah, that. Exactly. A bit of a timeout, like, like, like naughty little children. He's like, I need you all to sit still for a minute and get it together. And then we're going to let you all back out and we're going to see how this goes. And, yeah. you know, see if we go back to the, the busyness of life or are we going to maybe focus more on God's business in this season? Yeah. What's his kingdom business look like for all of us? That's my hope. That's my prayer. You know, as I go through this, as everyone goes mm-hmm. through this, I this is a test for all of us. You know, and what is the testimony we're going to come out of this season? Ten years from now, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully I have kids and a spouse and I'm going to be able to say, I remember when we went through the pandemic from COVID-19 and 2020 and, and I made the decision when it mm-hmm. made no sense at all to follow God's voice in my heart and move back to be with my parents. And I don't think there will be a single ounce of regret in that choice, Yeah, which is rare. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think, I think you're making the right move. And, um, I think it's going to be good. I am excited for you. I'm excited for myself. What, you know, the impact I want this podcast to impact yeah. people to really think, you know, like you said, what's really important. Um, and also too, is for them to live, you know, people to live an intentional life, you know, have a plan, whatever your plan is, but like have a plan, have goals. Um, we can all dream, but dream is dreaming is easy. You really so need a goal. Because dreaming, you can dream in your sleep, yep. okay? Um, a goal, you actually have to write it down, okay? So I encourage people to start thinking about goals, whether it's helping the neighbor, um, helping a friend, learning a new language, or just doing something. So in this time, actually live intentional and actually to serve others. Because a lot of times, the biggest thing in a crisis is when we put the, our attention on someone else, Okay. It makes us, uh, it makes our problems get really small. Okay. And when we serve somebody, um, you know, that's suffering more than us, um, then really it, it, for me, that does more for me. Like I'm thinking, I sometimes feel guilty if I'm helping them or giving them, you know, financial donation or something like that. I feel guilty because I think I'm getting more out of this than they are. You know what I mean? Because, because like this is like affecting me more than it affects them, you know. And um, so, I just encourage people to, you know, to do that and really assess, like I said, what's really important.